Glad you're with us here for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. We're just talking about Terminus, the event that took place in Atlanta, Georgia. We go now to the man, one of the hosts of the Gravity Podcast and also part of Bleacher Report. The most hated man on wrestling Twitter is Phil Lindsay. He joins me, Jonathan Hood, here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Phil, as always, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Man, I appreciate you having me again. Yeah, I mean, listen, man. I mean, if you're just going to be a heel, you got to wear it. <laughs> I, You know what, man? I... I don't think that I'm a heel, man. I'd be out here uh, trying to do what's right, man, or, or what I think is right. <laughs> <laughs> is that not the essence of a heel? <laughs> it's like, it's like, listen, man. Now, now, listen, Phil. Listen, I'm with you, man. I'm, I'm be with you, right? And the guys from from Grapsity is gonna be with you. So at least you've got like three guys in your corner. At least three. Right, so that's. I mean, what else can you ask for? If I'm with you, the guys from Grapsity with you, you know, that's cool, right? Right, man. I guess uh, I guess we're just gonna form a big heel stable and take over everything. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. I'm a heel, and so 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 are you. So, um, so I, I want to ask you about uh, what happened at Terminus, man. I watched the pay per view uh, from on Fight TV, and I I was I liked what I saw. I just want to know about you getting to Atlanta because I saw we got so much snow in the southeast and also up north. So what was um what was it was it like for you to be able to travel from Chicago to Atlanta for this event? Um, I was surprised that there were so many travel issues and there was such mu- so much um going on with the weather because um I flew out that afternoon and it was pretty much a smooth trip. I got there in about maybe an hour or so and so when I landed, I was surprised how many people were having issues. I mean, it rained a lot that first night, um, but it didn't start snowing until the next day. And then the next day, I started seeing news rolling of people either having travel issues or canceling. Like, I saw AJ Gray, for example, saying his flight got canceled, and he did the GCW show here on Saturday night. Um, but, yeah, you know how it goes in, in the South. Like, they're not used to snow at all, so, you know, it kind of shuts down everything. Yeah, it seems though. So, uh, so that affected some of the wrestlers, as you mentioned. But what about the crowd too? Was there some people that just didn't come because of the crowd and in, in it uh, and because of the snow? Yeah, I did hear that. I heard that some people ended up canceling um, that would have been in the crowd. So they ended up um, going from a sold out show to um, selling tickets at the door. That's a that's a shame. <laughs> like, uh, like, because it was a uh, on TV in the main shot where you and uh, Will were sitting. Uh, you were prominently featured, by the way, man. I don't know if you've gone look back. I mean, you and Will. I mean, Will with the big red shirt and like you right there taking pictures. It's like, man, y'all got the prime seats right there in the front row. That's how that's how Grapsy rolls. Front row. Um. Yeah. Uh. I didn't know that until people started tweeting me during the show and like. Dude, you're like on a hard cam and I was like oh I guess and I saw like a gif of uh, Bandito coming in and I'm like standing right next to Bandito um, there's another <laughs> gif somebody sent me of um, of Mike Bennett coming in and him and Will are friends so he hugged Will and I'm like standing next to him it's weird <laughs> <laughs> that, that was interesting. Like I could see you guys on the right side of my screen. Like there they are. Like you were there. I mean, I mean, listen, you were there watching, taking notes, taking video, and then you know, Will was on his phone most of the time. Like, like, like at the end of some of these matches, like Will, the finish is coming. You know, like, like, but he was handling his own business on his phone. So, uh, I, I made this before we go into the card a little bit, Phil. I said this 
earlier in the podcast, I said, you know, for those that are disenchanted with the WWE or if you have an issue with AEW, I think that's fine. I've always thought there's a need for a third and fourth brand for people to be able to follow. And I was just thinking, and I should have said this out loud a, a while ago, but if you are into stars, if you're into independent wrestling, that third and fourth brand could be it could be Termis. It could be any independent brand. And I thought just watching the card and watching Warrior Wrestling coming in here pretty soon and some of the others, Game Changer, I'm thinking... If you're looking for something else, there's always alternatives that people can seek out, right? Yeah, I think there's plenty of um, independent um, promotions that you can watch. I mean, for my money, uh, GCW is possibly the third best wrestling company in the country right now. Um, They're coming into this year really hot. Um, they got the Hammerstein show coming up. Um, I mean... NWA is doing some cool things here and there. Uh, Impact has actually been doing interesting stuff with the Ring of Honor stuff. So there's, there's plenty of wrestling to watch. You can watch New Japan, you can watch Stardom. There's plenty of wrestling to watch. I want to ask you about uh, this one in particular with Terminus because it's their first show. They're in Atlanta. Main event is Alexander against Gresham. We just played the highlight just moments ago. I um Jonathan Gresham, what where do you place him pound for pound as far as some of the best performers in the business? Oh my god. So I I talked to him before the show, like maybe a month ago. And you know, he makes a really good point about how when you when you hear about black wrestlers, a lot of times you go like this is a great black wrestler. You never you never never hear about them in lists like this is the best high flyer, this is the best technical wrestler. And I think for my money, Jonathan Gresham is, if not the best technical wrestler in the country, he's one of the best. Oh, and so and is he like top ten for you then? Top five? Or oh, the best? Easy top five. I yeah. mean I mean, there's a it's easy to just go, okay, well Daniel Bryan's probably, you know, number one. Or Brian Danson. Sorry. Um uh, but I mean, if it's if it's not Danielson, like he's at least two or three, in my opinion. So uh, Alexander, I heard the story at Lenny Leonard and Dave Prezak, who did a great job, of, of course, on the commentary. They were did talked about Alexander having to drive in like nine or ten hours to get to the event because he didn't want to let Gresham down. He didn't. He couldn't get his flight, but so he drove. Alexander, I thought he and Gresham had a really great match. It's one of those things where I like to see a best of five. I just thought it was that solid. Yeah, it was, it was great. I I saw that after the show because I couldn't hear the commentary. I can hear bits and pieces of it because because they were behind me. Um, but I did see his story afterwards, and he said he drove fourteen hours actually. Wow, which is nuts. Just, I mean, well, just as just did Russell Jonathan Gresham and didn't want to let the the company down. You got to love that. Yeah, I mean, I do think that there was a lot of support coming into Terminus straight away for their first show and i think that helped to make it seem special like to get retweets and you know uh quote tweets from guys like even seth rollins guys from aw just guys all over the wrestling scene hoping that this thing succeeds i think that's cool who is who's running this phil who's the who's the uh benefactor for this I don't know. Um, I mean, this is basically Gresham and Baron Black's baby, but I don't know, you know, who is the benefactor for it. Mm. 
So as a, as a shadow person, it's not there. I like to know like who the Vince is, who the Tony Khan is for this, right? It's like, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it seems like for the most part, like the rules and everything, and just the vision for what it looked like, that was you know Black and Gresham. But um, as far as the money guy, that's a, that's an answer I don't know. Okay, all right. So Jordan Grace against Kiara Hogan. So, so when we take a look at Jordan Grace, and I've seen her wrestle a number of times, I'm impressed, right? Because we haven't seen a woman look like that before as far as the physicality, the strength, and then to be able to try to get over. Like, it, it, she got Kiara Hogan over, I thought, even more so by taking a beating, but she ends up on top or in the matchup. So, you know, we there's so much women wrestling out there as well. So what do you think of Jordan amongst the best? Um, I think she's really good. I think people forget how good she is because, you know, not not as many people watch Impact as they should. Mm-hmm. Um, I think before she signed with Impact, she was on a really good run on the indies, whether with Progress and, you know, a lot of indie promotions here. And a lot of those matches she was having were really, really good. And I think, like you said, the thing that makes her stand out is it's not like she's just like a really good power wrestler. I think she just has a really good understanding of how to tell stories. Um, she does a really good job of, you know, helping to put the other person over. Because, I mean, really, I don't think Deanna would be as hot right now with Impact if that wasn't her first feud. Like, those first few matches, like the the first championship match they had and then the Iron Woman match, um, Jordan made her look great. And that's not to say that Deanna's not already great, but I think it helped her a lot. So, Phil, uh, as far as um, Bandito against Black in that matchup, like you got two ROH champions here, and I know something's got to come to a head with that, but Bandito, if, if it wasn't for COVID, we would saw him in the last ROH pay-per-view for a final battle. So Bandito, he came out of nowhere. I didn't expect him to beat Roosh in that last, you know, you know, for him to win the championship, but he did. But I thought his match with Black, I thought, was uh, underrated, actually. I thought they did a nice job. Yeah, I mean, I really liked um, Baron's promo for the match. Um, And it really felt like he was coming into it with something to prove. And he looked great throughout. Um, He did a few moves I've never really seen him do. Um, And, boy, that that spot where he he lifted himself by the bridging pin and the core strength he showed in that spot was really, really cool. Um, But, yeah, I thought that was was a great match. How many in that building? Because I didn't get a, a complete wide shot of that. How many chairs do you think it was like five hundred maybe? Three, four hundred? That's a good question. Um I had to guess around like four hundred, five hundred, if I had to guess. Yeah, just I was just wondering how big that place is because when you're starting, you don't need no you know, you don't need Madison Square Garden when you first start. You have uh, a night you it, it's and actually of of all people, Jim Cornette told me this once. He said that, you know, if you want to stay popular, be in small arenas, that way the demand is greater. And people are like, hey, I can't get tickets. I can't get in because it's always sold out. That's when you start moving into bigger places. But for Terminus, I think that that arena works. They'll probably, will they work there again next month or the next time they have a show? Yeah, they haven't announced the uh, venue, but I'd assume they're going to do another local venue like that because it seems like Atlanta is really important to them. Um Man, I think, you know, having it in Atlanta helped the vibe of the show. Um, I do wish, like, the weather was better so that, you know, we could have seen what it would have been, like, at full capacity. Um, but, man, like, some, when, uh, when Kiera went on her comeback and, you know, she was firing up, crowd was really into it. What, uh, what other matches resonated with you most 
for uh, Terminus that you liked? Um, yeah, I really liked the opening match. Uh, I think Lee Moriarty was a good choice to start the show because he just has such good energy. Like, he comes out, he's like a great baby face because just how he comes out, he comes out and he gets everybody into it. And then the match was fun. I really enjoyed the tag match as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I think Fred Yehi is incredible. I low-key think he was one of the better additions to the show. Um, and if they do another one, I hope he gets a big one-on-one match. I I would agree with you. I would agree with you. I mean, Fred, and I've seen him... Let me th- oh, MLW, I think I, I saw him live there, and I've seen him in a couple other places. Phil, I mean, that's we know that he's talented, but I think that he needs a long singles run someplace where people could see him. The reason why I like him is because he just goes about his business at different angles, right? I mean, it's 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 strange to say, but it's like it's not like he's going head head first into wrestlers, there's certain angles he takes to be able to apply his, you know, his moves. So it's just a kind of a, a different, an orthodox type of wrestler. So I, I like him because he's not like everybody else. Yeah, um, all his moves really popped when he came in. I thought when he came in, he had that high tag. He looked great. Man, he's he's a great wrestler, man. I, I know he was AAW champion here in Chicago, but I just, I would love for him to be on more people's radar. So uh, we we see that um, some uh, a member of Proud and Powerful also will be part of this next card, right? At the end of that, uh, the main event of Terminus, correct? Yes, um, Santana came out of den and challenged for the Ring of Honor uh, original title, not the world title. Um, so it sounds like he and Gresham will be the big match for the next show on February twenty fourth. Phil Lindsay, how is it that Ring of Honor and their title chase is more relevant now than when they actually were in business? How's that happening? <laughs> oh, like... man, I feel like some of that is Gresham, man. I feel like Gresham worked very hard during his run as pure champion. And I feel like he brings so much buzz to that belt as world champion. Um, it just feels like he was long over to do to be world champion of that company. I'm pissed at them. I'm really disappointed in Ring of Honor. I'm mad at them. Because because they could have been AEW, man. They could have been. And whatever you think of AEW, that they could have been that, right? If if you are Sinclair Broadcasting, you just know that just local channels is not going to get it done, right? I mean, they, they at least have to know somebody to say, okay, we are going to be able to expand our brand to a different, to not only Sinclair Broadcasting, but also different networks, so that way more people can get under the tent. Or to be able to have some kind of service, that way that way everyone can see it, that way you could travel outside of Baltimore, not have spot shows in Baltimore, New York, and just here. And like, it, it just, I think they gave up on the company. And yes, there's so many great wrestlers, and good for them. They can go on the independent circuit and be able to eat, and so that's cool. But I'm just disappointed that, Four or five years ago, you know, Ring of Honor could have easily been this. Is this the same Ring of Honor that had Cody Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks? Did they not have that? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I feel like they they went from being at least one of the top two or three companies in the country to drifting all the way down to not even top four, um, which is sad because just how much uh, NXT took from them, just how much AEW took from them as well. Um, you can see their influences all across the industry, um, and they should be—they should have a bigger foothold here. And it's kind of a shame that they haven't. Um, I don't know what they're going to do 
this year following their brief hiatus. But I hope they pull it together. I hope they can do something kind of like GCW does, where they do um, supercar shows, um, and, I don't know, every few months or so, and get some buzz back. I, you know, I would like to see that. I, I like... This is such a unique time in the business when you can go into business for yourself, right? Because ROH could have just been like, "Hey, can I get these? Can I get those belts back?" Like they took the six man back and a few other championships, but you know, you got Bandito and Gresham going on the indie circuit, just like, "Yeah, I'm going to take the belt with me." Jordan, you know, and uh, I like that, right? Like these are ROH people without a show, but yet they're going to defend a championship that many are familiar with. That's very different for the business. Yeah, I mean, I think they're in a good place. I think um, still having Gresham, and Gresham seems like he's loyal to Ring of Honor. Um, so it seems like he's going to be involved in whatever they do next. Um, um, and now, you know, they get the opportunity to work with Deanna again because Deanna was one of the originals from the Women of Honor division. Um, and you can ask for anybody better right now to hold your title. And that's not slight at Roxy because she was also great. Um, but, yeah, this I, they have some of the the tools in place to come back and do something good. I'm just curious what it will be. What, uh, so give me some names of, of independent wrestlers, women and men that you really like that more people should know. Um, hmm, unsigned independent wrestlers. I mean, Trisha Dora, uh, she, she was signed with Ring of Honor, but I'm assuming she's a free agent now. Uh, trying to think who else, uh, you tweet about these people all the time, so I'm giving you the forum, you know, and the spoken word because you're usually just trashing people, and uh, and so so now you now you you have the opportunity, the spoken word, to just tell people like certain wrestlers that they should be looking out for. Oh man, I'm not trashing anybody. Oh what? <laughs> what? Um, yeah, no, there there are a ton of great um indie wrestlers out there. Um, you know, Willow, Willow Nightingale is one of them. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Darius Lockhart. Uh, I think Waves and Curls are a great tag team. Uh, technical Difficulties are another great black tag team. Um, think of who else off the top of my head? There's just so many great wrestlers out there, especially now that Ring of Honor kind of is letting people do their own thing. I mean, we got Shane Taylor Promotions out there right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's there's just so many. I mean, technically Bray Wyatt is a free agent. I keep thinking about that. It's wild that nobody assigned him. Nobody can afford him yet, right? Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what the holdup is, but I mean, my um my top free agent right now is probably Swerve. I can't wait to see where he ends up. It feels like it's gonna be AEW, but. Um, I don't know if you remember right before he came to WWE, I would say he was the hottest, hottest indie wrestler in the world. Um, and I don't know, it just didn't work out for whatever reason with WWE, but I think his next chapter is going to be really good. Uh, Dan Housen is another obvious one. Um, no, no. I mean, those are. I mean, those are good names. Well, the whole, well, I'll I'll tell you. The, I, and I saw Swerve in MLW, and that's when I fell in love. I'm like, this is good. But my dream, my dream, Phil Lindsay, is whenever Swerve comes out, and I don't know what company is going to be, I just want Shaka Khan to sing him out 
Yes. I, that, he's got to come out to ain't nobody, right. no matter where he shows up. Yes, that's what I want. I want because I know half the crowd won't get it. But if I if you see Shaka Khan at a wrestling show, she has her own spotlight. Right, the whole thing, the whole arena is dark. Shaka Khan comes out, sings that ain't nobody, and here comes Swerve. That would just pop. As soon as first of all, it's like why is a Hall of Famer Shaka Khan at a wrestling show? Then you'll no, then you'll get it right, and then it'll be like, oh my god, here comes Swerve. That's that's my dream. That's what I want. Yeah, all of my all of my um, biggest memories with Swerve as a wrestler are him coming out to Ain't Nobody. Like when he came out, defended the Defiant title at that at that show, came out to Shaka Khan. Uh, most of his MLW run, he used that same theme. I thought it was crazy that the WWE didn't try and license that music. <laughs> well, they don't really like the music anymore, though. Well, yeah, I understand, man. Swerve, Swerve Scott is not Roman or Seth or Brock mm. or Lashley or Becky or Randy Orton. So, sorry, man. If uh, if he does go to AEW, Tony Khan's got a license to that song. <laughs> <laughs> so so tell me over the last uh, 72 hours like what's wrong with wrestling twitter what's the beef now what's the hottest because you're always on the pulse of that because people don't like you so tell me what's what what's the problem now i don't want no smoke man i don't want no beef man i try to try to buy my own business i just you know i, I think people are always looking for the next thing to argue about or the next person to be angry at and it just looks really tiring <laughs> from afar. Um, I watched some of the stuff with Cody being announced as a free agent, and people kind of got mad at Sean Ross Sapp, and I was like, but it's news. What was he supposed to do? It's news. You yeah, have right. to report it. Um, when Adam Cole's contract expired, that was a big deal. Um, Cody Rose, one of the founding members of All Elite Wrestling, an executive vice president being a free agent is a massive deal. Um, whether you like Cody or not. Um, yeah, I saw people were kind of upset with this mixtape, um, who I know quite a few people were working on. And I saw people trying to argue about that. I don't know. I don't get it, man. I think people have to calm down. <laughs> now that mixtape, now this is something that's uh, involving all the black wrestlers from AEW, right? Yes. Uh, from my understanding, it sounds like the artists are going to tell each wrestler's story through their track. Okay. Um, and it seems like the the wrestlers have input into, um, you know, what their song is going to be. I don't know all of the details on it. I, I only know what has been released so far. Um, I may or may not have heard one of the songs already, but... Oh. It's such it's just based off of you know people I'm cool with at the moment. <laughs> you know what? We're both we're both in the same area. At least you could be cool with me on that, man. Is you gonna be coy with that on me? I mean, you work with the guys that worked on the track. Is it? Is, <laughs> can, can you confirm or deny that that Righteous Reg and Will Washington have something to do with this? Yes or no? I don't. Um, Will and Reg are are both on the album. Um, I believe Will produced three songs. Um, I think Reg is going to rap on two or three songs. Um, yeah, I think it's cool for them. Um, I think it's cool that uh, Mikey Ruckus reached out to other black wrestling fans, whether that be content creators or other guys that make music, and you know, just got a bunch of black people together to make something cool. I know Josiah Williams is involved. Mm-hmm. Um, 
My man Rich Lott is on there. Uh, Mega Ran, uh, Montezzi, who was on a recent episode of Grapsity. Um, a few other people that I'm forgetting off the top of my head. I know Leo's doing, Leo Rush is doing his own song. Fax Caster's on there. Uh, that's all I can think of off the top of my head. I'm, I know I'm forgetting somebody. Uh, True God's on there. I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody. My bad if I forget you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Max Caster's on there. Cat in the Hat. He's going to be on there. <laughs> My God, Cat in the Hat's going to be doing that. Right, man, you can say what you want about his rap style. Sometimes his punchlines are kind of corny. But I thought that video they did this week was great. It was great. It was it was tremendous. It it reminds me like parents don't parents they just don't understand like kind of Will Smithish in some ways, um, and I got a problem with that. I just like I like Cat in the Hat though. But here's the thing: he's only rapping based on the material that's in front of him. So like it can't be a hundred percent dope. I mean, he's talking about some sometimes lame wrestlers. <laughs> so he's just he's just basing it on the material that's in front of him, right? So. Yeah, I mean, I you know, wrestlers that are rappers are, you know, their batting average isn't always that high. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I feel like some, a lot of these guys, you got to cut the flat. Now, I do think there are wrestlers that make good music. Um, but, I don't know, it seems like Max Caster, when he does the videos, it seems like when he makes a structured song and he has a hook to it, they're usually better. I don't know why. Yeah, I like it. I like the freestyle is just, you know, whatever. What it's got to be okayed by Tony Khan and cuz he doesn't want to get the company in trouble. I get it. I get it. Like I I'm not hitting on that man. I I want them to get over. That's my that's my thing. I want them to beat Sting. That's that's what I want. I I like it's it's one thing to rap and talk shit, but it's like I want them to w- win meaningful matches on Dynamite and get over. Yeah, I thought um I thought they had something with them when they first came back to live crowds um what was the first show they came back? Do you remember? Was it Double or Nothing? I believe it. I believe it was Vegas, Chicago. I just. I think it was Chicago, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe Vegas. Uh, I think that first show back was at uh, Daly's place, but I can't remember if it was Double or Nothing or was it Revolution. I think it was Double or Nothing. Um, and I, when they first came back, and Max came out and did the rap at that show, boy, they were over. Um, they were popular at that show, and I feel like they had some good momentum coming out of that. Well, lastly, Phil, I want to get your, your input on a story we led our show off with, and that is regarding Vince McMahon uh, being hypocritical. I mean, in the sky's blue, of course he's going to be hypocritical, right? So I, I just want to get your thoughts on what he had to say to the Toronto Sun, because there's a guy there that's just oh. that's just miserable, miserable. Like you have billions of dollars, millions and billions of dollars. You got the best TV deals. Yeah, uh, it's it's not. I keep talking about this on the show, but WWE being on SmackDown means a ton to the wrestling industry, dude. You got that's a wrestling show that's on network TV on Fridays. When I was growing up, you had to go deep into a late Saturday night, early Sunday morning looking for wrestling because they hit it like the red the redhead stepchild. They didn't want this to be on network TV, so it's big for them. But why does he continually go, you know, continue to go after Tony Khan? I, I I just find that fascinating. The industry leader is trying to take Tony Khan and cut him off at the knees. Why is that happening? I mean, it's, it's kind of the nature of the business. Everybody takes shots at everybody. Um, and I get it. Um, the, the thing that I don't kind of understand about 
WWE is they kind of try to big business everybody and act like, oh, well, AEW is beneath us. We don't see them as competition. But then you're putting stuff out like this statement about that uh, women's street fight. Um, and it, like you said, it is oddly hypocritical because if you remember, you know, blood is how Becky Lynch got over. Becky Lynch became one of the hottest wrestlers in the industry based off of looking into the camera with a face, her face covered in blood at the Raw, I believe, before Survivor Series. Uh-huh. So what's the difference? Oh, there's so, there's so many examples of... I mentioned earlier how Brock Lesnar hard-weighed uh, Randy Orton for no reason, like four or five years ago. For no reason. You busted him open with an elbow. Why? You took your health, you took your glove off to because you wanted blood, right? And so it just Vince McMahon has cut himself with razor blades a hundred times, uh, and this is a guy who's supposed to be a promoter. So it's just hypocritical, right? It's just like I I just don't like the comp- WWE going after AEW's money. That's what sucks, right? Not because now that is for advertisers and for partners to look at and say, you know, this is a PG product. I, we, we maybe we should go to WWE because AEW is too blood and gut. Like you don't want to put that in the minds of any partners. You already lost Domino's, and that, and that's on you because you shouldn't have booked Nick Cage. That was just dumb, right? I don't. I wouldn't have done that, but that's what they did. I when you start going after a company's money, it's more than just being petty, Phil. That's that's over the line to me. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I will just say, um, with them booking Nick Gage, like I said earlier, you've got this groundswell of support for GCW, and you've got a big part of your fan base that watches everything because that's kind of difference in the way the AEW treats their fans and WWE treats their fans. Mm-hmm. WWE treats their fans like everybody watches exclusively WWE. AEW kind of knows that you know most wrestling fans watch more than one show. And if you know that a part of your crowd is into GCW, um, bringing somebody in like Nick Gage is a great way to, you know, not only just, you know, please those fans, but entice GCW fans to watch your product as well. Um, now, in terms of, you know, the violence and stuff, I mean, I don't know. You've got you to gotta allow the women to do the same stuff that the men do at some point. If it's truly equality... And if it's truly allowing women to, you know, push the push the margins of, you know, what is progress and, you know, break the glass ceiling, you've got to you've got to not handle them with kid gloves. And when you look at the impact match, for example, where Deanna and Nikki main evented that show, they got color in that match. There's yeah. nothing wrong with it. If long as it long as it's in um, long as it's done in a way to highlight the women and put them over. What's the issue? Nah, bra and panties, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know, man. And, and just watching where NXT 2.0 is now, and we're back to overly sexualizing the women. Yeah. And hey, if if the women like Mandy Rose are good with that, and it's not an edict to make her do do that, that's fine. But I just feel like, for the most part, women's wrestling should be able to progress past just being overly sexual nah make her bark like a dog brah that's what we want <laughs> tell everybody <laughs> tell everybody about Grapsity Pod tell us uh, tell us about it Phil uh, Grapsity is coming to you live from Fightful's YouTube channel 
on Saturdays at noon Eastern. That's me. That's Will Washington, one of the most fascinating uh, wrestling minds on the internet, and my man Righteous Reg. Um, I say that Will is one of the most fascinating wrestling minds because I am I am consistently amazed by <laughs> the amount of people that either know this guy that I didn't know know him or the amount of events that he has somehow been in the middle of. Yeah, I'm 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 amazed at that as well. You know, Will Washington always looks like he knows a lot more than what he says. That's what it comes across as. <laughs> Seriously, like if you watch, if you ever watch live like I do on Saturdays, like I'm washing clothes or I got got you guys on one screen and watch a college basketball on the other, whatever, right? Will's always like, "Well, I I talked to Tony Khan and let me just say, I I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in the next few weeks. I'm like, just say it, man. Just say it. Like, and you you know what the fuck's going on. Just tell everybody, right? Just like, there's always this slyness with Will. Well, I believe, and I was told this. I'm like, come on, Will. Tell everybody. Well, I, I do think it gives our show great continuity because um, all the way back in maybe the second episode of the show, um, we talked very briefly about Hit Row. And we had had conversations off air about how I felt about Hit Row, how he felt about Hit Row because where was his cousin, what he knew about Hit Row, what he knew about, you know, what the company had promised him. And we couldn't say everything we wanted to right away uh, because, of course, we were trying to be optimistic. But once he was released, you know, you could go back and look at that episode and then bring it full circle to what we thought once he was released. And it was kind of the same thing with the mixtape where um, I don't know if you saw the episode where he was talking about producing something and he was working on some sounds and Reg was like, what you working on? And he was like, nothing. Shut up, shut up. <laughs> right, exactly. Yes. And, and so you can bring it full circle to our last episode where we actually talked about the mixtape. Oh, that's so that's so great. Well, Grapsley Podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, I'm a listener, so you should be a listener as well. Well, Phil, listen, man, I know everyone else hates you, but you know what? I'm a big fan. <laughs> so don't forget to check out the Grapsley Podcast and also on Bleacher Report. Phil was there live in Atlanta and gave us a report on what he saw. And I'm looking forward to seeing Terminus, the second uh, episode of this on Fight TV. I thought I thought they had a good start, and I'm looking forward to seeing more. Yeah, I agree. I really like the use of the rules and everything that uh, they did to make it look different. Um, when I looked at some of the stuff from Fight, I liked the presentation of it, how they had the timer and people's names next to it. I think they got something good going. The rules, bro. That that's got to be an adjustment for everybody. Like no, like real fists and actual wrestling, and can't throw people outside. You know, too many times outside the road. It's it's a different presentation, but it's uh, it's actually a. Um, it it was a cleanser, right? A palate cleanser for all the other shit that you watch in wrestling where everything looks the same. That was completely different, which was a good thing. Yeah, I think it makes me stand out. Yeah. All right, Phil, let's do it again, man. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Oh, great to talk to Phil Lindsay from Grapsity Pod. And don't forget our TWT merchandise is available right now. Go to my Twitter, twitter.com, WrestlingTWT. Check out the link there on my Instagram, IGJHood, and TweetJHood. Check it out. My link is right there to check out the Under the Hood and also Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday merchandise. Thanks so much for supporting the podcast as always. And 
If you are listening to part two, go back to part one, where we talk so much about what is going on with the WWE being hypocritical as Vince McMahon goes after Tony Khan and so much more. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday.